welcome family welcome welcome what a beautiful moment that we've had so far today as you can probably see i'm struggling to even want to preach this word i'm like <laughs> preach what word but it's been me to hear something from god today even though he has spoken mightily and powerfully through the blessed susan Debers. yes my wife hallelujah glory to god probably blushing right now but guys new series a new name and today i want to talk about a new name sorry a new thing needs a new name this is supposed to be a quite a lengthy sermon but um you know time has fast permit us so i'm gonna try my best to give a little foundation that we'll build upon over the next few weeks but i believe god has brought us to a place you know and divinely through what he's been speaking to us over the last two months even last week powerfully through our dear bishop Naomi clean who spoke about the ecology of systems or sorry of the ministry and spoke about it from the genesis chapter 1 9 to 13 i'm gonna jump to genesis chapter 2 and i'm gonna um build what i believe god is saying to us in this hour with what he's doing in and through our lives i know we probably heard the word new quite a long hair no pun intended but there's something new <laughs> about what god is doing that even in the word new it just means that god is present and when we say new, it isn't even as if the old is wrong and gone. Because if you look at the words particularly, he addresses it as former things, not old things. Mm. Key difference there. He's challenging us in us trying to predict how he's going to do something next based on how he did it. But saying, look, the new thing that I'm doing has a new method. But let's be honest, the new thing God is doing, what he's always been doing, being God. Mm. But today we're going to break it down a bit more, so I don't go over your heads and all that lovely stuff. So, that's why Ebenezer, bring out your journal. Yes, man of God, tell them, hallelujah. So, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 to 20. Lord, give me the grace to speak a word in season. May we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that is open to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in this hour. So, last week we spoke about systems, spoke about, you know, cycles, spoke about God establishing um, um, the ecosystem of the, of, the, of the animals, of the land, of the sea. And as Bishop was talking last week, what I was hearing was God was setting up systems of functions. But in order for us to function as a people, because we have systems in our body, we have stomach, we have liver, kidney. This whole body is a system in where it actually, if we look at the beauty of a body, it actually has the power to heal itself for us doing certain things and saying certain things and also on its own accord. So God is a designer and he designs things in a certain way. But every time we design something, and even human nature, right, we give our designs a name. Now put down here, in order to really function, a new thing that's being done needs a new name. It needs a point of identification that this, what I've done and I'm doing here is this. And by human nature, we identify things on the first premises of their name. So in the beginning, in Genesis, which means beginnings, in this book of beginnings, this book is so dense. It's a book whereby even if God called you to do anything new, I, 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 I can 
attest to you that you will find a root of it in this book called Genesis. This book of Genesis is, is what I see as the foundation of everything we see happening right now. Any type of sin you can imagine happening in Genesis. Incest happened there. Murder happened there. Slander, gossip, thief, everything, ting, ting happened in Genesis. So I implore you, I've been reading that for the whole year this year. It's a powerful book to read by way of the Spirit where God can expound your mind upon what's even happened now. It already happened in the beginning. So it's good for me to start my uh, premise of a new thing, a new name from the book of beginnings. And this scripture is very powerful. And I want to look at it from a different angle. Genesis 2, 18 to 20. Genesis 2, chapter 2, verse 18 to 20. NIV, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper. My good God, a Caesar. Hmm. That is comparable to him. Verse 19, out of the ground, <laughs> the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. And he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them and whatever adam called each living creature that was its name <laughs> verse 20 so adam gave names my god to all cattle to birds of the air and every beast of the field but for adam there was not found a helper comparable to him now when we just talk about you know marriage helper but i'm not focused on that today Today, I want to focus on the functionality of Adam. God has been creating for five days. And God has been naming the sea, naming the day, naming this, naming that. God's been doing all of that. God then makes man on the sixth day, correct me if I'm wrong. And then God now says, I want to call Adam to myself. And I want to see what's Adam, he's been made in the image and likeness of God, is going to call it. The key part there that I want to focus on is that he brought them to Adam to see. So the key part of being able to even give a name to a new thing is something we call vision. It's something called seeing. It's something called the ability to see. And I put down here, the thing was already made, but it was crowned by its name. I can describe to you what a lion does, but if I just say the word lion, you will know what it does already. There's something powerful about how we label things and how we understand what the thing is by what we call it. And somehow Adam, by way of intimacy, by way of union, by way of walking in the undefiled image and likeness of God, he was able to copy his father who was naming everything else. And was able to name these animals. And whatever it was called, that was its name. So he was given authority. I put on here, the ability to see grants us the authority to name. May God open our eyes. To see things how he sees it. That we can call it as he calls it. And that it may, have, may function according to his design. What you name gives its function. How you see a thing depicts what type of function a thing has. If God is doing a new thing, that thing needs its function 
by receiving a new name. And I'm declaring to you that, that that new thing that God is doing isn't so much outside of you, but is you. And we're going to get there in a minute. Because sometimes we hone a lot about the fruit of a thing and not understand that the fruit only came to being because there was a tree. What am I saying here? The beauty and the wonder isn't the fruit. It's the fact that the tree can produce fruit. And sometimes we need to understand that it's not what we see on the outside. And most times the natural way of think, of living, how we normally live, is what's being an enemy of what God is actually doing. Because what God is doing is spiritual. It's not available to the naked eye. But it's available to those that live and walk by faith. So what am I challenging you here today is to think that maybe the new thing God is doing isn't necessarily you seeing the new car and seeing the new... How about the new thing God is doing is that he's trying to get you to recognise who you are. The lion was always there, but it took Adam to see and to think like God, to call it what it was. Have you ever wondered how Adam learned how to talk and how to name something? Have you ever wondered where the ability came from? God! And God, through Jesus, through the gospel, has chosen to live in you. What is God saying? That is the new thing that is springing forth. Do you not perceive it? Don't you understand? Are you not living by way of the Spirit? Let me not get ahead of myself. So, one thing that is key here is that God named everything else and left it to Adam to name the living things. God named the land. God named the sea. All these things are not actually things that have life. They're, they're what we call... Um, uh, what's the word called now? Inanimate objects. They're just things that exist. They don't have life. But lion has breath. You know, um, um, frogs, seeds, they, they have life. There's a time for them to born and to die. And is it interesting that God called Adam to call the living things names? What I see here is, is the foundation of what we call the prophetic. Because the prophetic is what I say, and you guys always tell me, is life, not death. We are called to speak life, not death. That is the foundation of the prophetic. Everything that we see that comes into existence, to, into, into living, is by way of the prophetic. God is birthing the universe through the spoken word out of his mouth. And today it still stands. I'll put down here, we are called to speak life. To speak life, even in the sense of when we preach the gospel to human beings who are alive but still dead, spiritually speaking. And we're called to speak life in a way whereby we have a message. We have a way. We have a truth. His name is Jesus. And by doing this, we operate like him and we're calling forth dead things, dead men, to life. So the new thing that's happening isn't that you know, Susan stopped breathing, is that she was dead, but she was alive yet dead, and I was able to preach a word in season, give a prophetic utterance, and that word now channeled what was dead to come alive. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Bible goes on to say that all things have become new. We could argue that not everything new has happened in Susan's life. So what's he talking about? He's talking about the process of time. For when I see in my word through the gospel, through the word of truth, that I now start to do something new. But the new thing wasn't out here, it was in here. 
it was the ability for Susan now to see her life through a new lens through Christ. That things didn't necessarily change out there, but how she saw it, how she perceived it was no longer according to natural means, but by way of the spirit. Are you guys following me here, yeah? So when God says, behold, I do a new thing, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He's challenging, what do you see? Adam, come, see the animals. What will you call it? That new thing, that new animal, received its new name by way of vision by way of imitation by way of walking like his father because Adam learned how to talk how to name by seeing and being with the father experiencing what God was always doing in the beginning which was God creating so this even deepens down the core where we see the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy we see that the mission of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So with, with this analogy that I'm bringing here about life and about it being prophetic, we're seeing in its nature, but these, these are the things that Christ in essence actually is. When I preach his name, I'm speaking life. When I preach his name, I'm giving you the opportunity to become something new through the word of life. The Bible says in him was life and it's him that we preach. So when we get saved, we become a new man. So if I'm a new man, that must mean I have a new name. God calls us a new man. You hear what you're called. Faith cometh by hearing. Maybe the issue of the new thing is what am I feeding into these airs? And how is that affecting what I see. Who is really my teacher? Who is really discipling me once again? Who am I really following? Who am I imitating? What am I pulling on? Am I even informed of the new reality that I have through Christ? Do I even know that I'm a new man and therefore I have a new name? And it's this new name that I believe that God will, will echo to us, that will allow us to come into an identity resolvement of, of out of crisis, but into assurance that we know who we are. Today, Susan said, who are you? Who are you? Normally that question is, is answered by this. I am Ayokuna Oduni. I have a name. And this is very powerful because in ancient times, names weren't just something, you know, the Italian thing. You just name your son or your child anything. You named it according to how it was functioned. It, it gave meaning to the actual person's existence. And throughout the Bible, there were specific moments where men had former names and, and got new names by way of encounter. Where God was marking a moment in time where, look, my son, this changes from this, this time on. No longer shall you be called Simon, you're now Peter. No longer Saul, Paul. No longer Jacob, Israel. And the name defined the ministry. It defined what they did. It defined who they are. Do you know your name? Do you know your name? And I think this is crucial because in Christianity, present day, we do a disservice where if we only know you by what you do, but not who you are. 
what am I talking about? Where we love you at the expense of your gift, but not the person. Where we are accolading the performance, but are lacking the actual value of the substance. And before God's going to send you, he's going to know you. And if he's going to know you, he needs to call you something for you to be known. How do I know that's Tosan? I know his name. I'm able to call him. I can't just say, hey, um, you. I have to call it. If I call his name, he's able to respond. He, What's happened there? I'm identifying him. I am affirming his identity. A new thing, a new man needs a new name. Do you know your name? And this is very, very powerful, guys, because salvation is the topic of this discussion because salvation gives us a transference where we, where we where we're no longer children of wrath but children of God no longer sons of disobedience but sons of God no longer slaves but free men no longer dead but alive no longer lost but found something happened to you when you encountered him that changed the essence of who you are that is now crowned by you giving and receiving a new name. When I get an iPhone, I understand my phone is 8 plus, it ain't iPhone 4. It has a name, it's different, it's been updated, it's been upgraded, it's a new thing. Therefore, though it's an iPhone, it's not iPhone 4, it's iPhone 12, it's iPhone 8 plus, sorry. What am I saying here? God has done something to you. And the affirmation of what he's done to you is by what he calls you. Beloved sons of God, in whom he is well pleased in. Children. Look at these names, saints. We read the Bible, it never addresses us as anything other than how God sees us. And that's what the power of grace is. That even when I sinned, he's still calling me son. Look at the prodigal son. The, the father's caught dead, now alive. Lost now found. The father saw him in a particular way that was able to affirm him. Though you waited and lost this, I still call you this. Your real inheritance, what the money I gave you, it was the person, the son that you are to me. Very powerful. Because if we're really honest, a lot of us wrestle relationship with God because it's very much more performance based on how we are doing rather than who we are in him. What is your name? I'm going to round up by coming back to our foundational scripture. I want to show you that in this scripture, Isaiah 43, 18, verse, verse 18 to 19, that God is doing something here that a lot of us, we can preach it well and say, yeah, man, forget the past, forget this. But God, before he got to verse 18, was telling the Israelites, remember when I took you out of Egypt. And I brought you into this place. And I parted the Red Sea. And blah, blah. And God made it a, 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 a law for them to remember that. They celebrate that at Passover, I believe. I remember correctly. They celebrate all these festivals based on what God did from Egypt to Israel, into the promised land. It was a big deal for the Jews, yeah? It was a massive deal. That's something they still celebrate to this day. God now lists out what he did for them. Then it comes to verse 18 and says, forget the former thing. Do not dwell on the past. Wait a minute, God. You, you came to me and you told me, Ayo, you remember when I took you out of that place? Ayo, remember when I did this for you? Ayo, remember when I did this for you? Ayo, this, that. I did this for you, your grandma and your granddad. 
and your forefathers. Forget what I Forget all that. The key word here is that forget the former thing. Do not dwell on the past. What was happening? Israelites were trying to make God, or trying to see what God was doing next based on how he did something before. So it wasn't as if God was saying the past doesn't matter anymore. He's saying, don't focus on how I did it then. See, behold, I'm doing something new. And he's saying this, you, the new thing that he's actually doing is already happening. But it's because of where you're now thinking and seeing and perceiving in your mind. It's not allowing you to experience the blessing of the moment because you're trying to figure out how you did it before and trying to form that into the past. So you're basically trying to be like God. And God is always in the business of messing things up. The powerful thing here is that God is doing something new. Now it springs forth. As we discuss over and over and over again, I think, you know what? The new thing God is doing, the new thing is God is doing something new. Guess what, guys? It's not done yet. Now it springs forth. I make ways in the desert, rivers in the desert. A way to where? A river to where? What, what? It's not finished yet. And I submit to you, it's not finished yet because the new thing he's actually really doing is calling you into partnership with him to see how he sees a thing that you may become the thing that is new. Because all things that you want to see manifest in your life first becomes a thing of the might. A choice of the will. By default, we are we are we, we are creating our futures by our daily choices. That's why we have to pray every day. That's why we ask for wisdom. That's why we have the spirit of revelation and wisdom. God, what should I do now? That's the whole point. Because the future is locked up in what you're doing now. I'm gonna end with Moses on the Red Sea. I'm gonna finish here, I promise. I'm trying my best to just summarize this thing. Don't you find it interesting that the very miracle that he told him about and told him to forget that former way of me doing things was by a man called Moses. And if you don't know the name, the name Moses means drawn out of the water. His name means drawn out of the water. The Israelites in Exodus chapter 14 verse 10 to 16, there was, a, there was an issue. They are coming out of Egypt. Pharaoh had let them go. They come to a Red Sea. Then they hear a noise behind them. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? The seas before them, the promises before them, but Pharaoh's behind them. And they see the they see the Egyptians chasing them down. And the first thing they do is complain. Why did you take us out of Egypt to come and die? It's better that we stayed. Moses cries out to God. God says, Why do you cry to me? What is in your hand? Remember, Moses' name means drawn out of the water. God now says, what is in your hand? And God said, take what your staff and lift it up. And what happened, guys? Moses, through what was in his hand, separated the seas. The seas became like pillars and the, and the, and, and the foundation became like dry land and the Israelites crossed over. But I want us to, I want us, I want us to do something here. The, the new thing that, that Moses performed, that miracle, wasn't abstract off of himself, but it was in himself. Moses, I declare unto you, was walking in the power of his name, one drawn out of water, was able to draw waters to part through the staff in his hand. 
and was able to perform a miracle where the Israelites crossed over into the promised land and by that same miracle defeated the, um, 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 the Egyptians. And I had to ask myself a question. The biggest obstacle you're facing right now, do you know that the answer for it is finding your name? Do you know that your hand can perform the answer? Do you really know who you are? Or should I say, whose you are? God enabled Moses to perform a miracle that we talk about to this day. That was even him walking in his name. That was even him taking what, whatever he had in his hand, a staff. Who would have thought a staff could part the Red Sea? Your biggest issue right now, that you're facing right now, I want to tell you, you were created and molded and shaped for that. You are an answer to that. When you walk in a new name, or should I say, when you walk with a new understanding of who you actually are, there is a miracle, there is a sign, there is a wonder that you perform by you even daily, by faith, being able to push against that obstacle and overcoming it. So I want to declare unto you that the new thing God is doing is actually at work in you. The Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's something happening within you that if you can connect with by way of the spirit, it's going to create something new that happens out here. It starts with you. It starts with knowing who you are. It starts with you walking in who you are. It starts with you performing whatever you have in your hands to be the answer to whatever it is that you face. In Jesus' name. We're going to end right there. I'm going to finish this mashup sermon <laughs> next week. A new thing is a new name. A new man needs a new name. And I want to encourage you guys. If there's ever, if there's any type of advice or counsel I can give to you, is what we did right now today worship worship has the power to bend your will worship has the power to enable you to start seeing things from a different dimension worship has the power to push you in a way where you can actually connect and hear from god and then do what he actually tells you to do so i want to encourage you beloved this new name is is not done in the in the in the mass gatherings it's, it's, it's happened that Jacob, when you're all alone with God and you wrestle until night breaks and you get that new name from God and he blesses you and you go forth and you walk in it. I want to I wanna really put a demand on your secret place. I want to put a demand on your private devotion. I want to put a demand for you to say, God, who are you? Who am I? Now, I and I want to declare unto you that God will affirm who you are and show you who he is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, thank you so much. I hope you guys were blessed today. I know I was just filled with the Holy Spirit. My dear wife took us to the third heavenlies. We're back here now on planet Earth. Hallelujah. There's work to do. Come on. Amen. Can't stay up there forever. Hallelujah. But I want to encourage you guys. You know, we're going to leave it up on, on the YouTube channel. Go back and just relive the worship again. Let's put some premium on our secret time. Let's pray. Let's meditate on this word. Let's find out what is my new name and walk in it. My name is Ayakono Duni. I love you and I bless you all. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to see you next week for part number two. Bless you. Bye-bye.